This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, welcome to another edition of that Mill podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Um... Yeah, end of the season was a depressing one, um, but hey-ho, it's over now. We can move forward. And that is the only bit we're going to talk about Blackburn. This is a Blackburn-free show. So we're going to start on some good news, and then we're going to go into – we're going to analyse uh, the players. We're going to rate the transfers. We're going to look at what positions are needed coming into this new transfer window, what opened in about 16 days, and some more stuff what I've easily forgotten. So, without further ado, and we will be back straight after this, where you get to meet the panel. Welcome back. Okay, we are joined this evening with the one and only Stephen. Good evening, sir. Evening, Mickey. Evening, chaps. It's um, hopefully going to be quite a good summer for the Lions and hopefully we can kick it off with some good content for the listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're joined by Benjamin. Evening, fellas. I'm still getting the Benjamin. Yeah, because it just rolls off the tongue. It rolls (laughs) off the tongue really well. You know, when you go, and here we have Ben, it just doesn't, you know. Maybe we'll we'll put it out. We'll put it out to a vote. Put it out to a vote, yeah. Yeah, you know, if you think I should carry on calling Ben Benjamin, then just hashtag Benjamin or hashtag Ben. At least that way we'll see if anyone actually listens to us as well, I suppose. Uh, And we're joined by newbie Dan. Yeah, good evening, chaps. Looking forward to this one tonight. I think there's going to be a few different opinions flying about, which will be certainly interesting to see how we all assess this season. Yeah, that's, that, that I think is no true word said. Uh, I am going to pretty much chair this and let you boys uh, hopefully get into it. Uh, I need <coughs> to find what we are. There we go. I've got that. Right. Um, before we move on... Um, The development team today came back, uh, the under-21s come back from a 2-0 deficit to win 4-3. Fuck me, we can't get away from that number, no matter how we try. Anyway, come back 4-3 and uh, won the game. So they've won the semi. They're now into the final with Sheffield United. 
Um, Stephen, what do you? I, 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 unfortunately, I think it was a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare that they just didn't show it on the YouTube channel. I don't know why they didn't, but they could have showed it on YouTube or showed it on Millwall TV um, for those people who couldn't get down there who were working. Um, it would have been good to be able to see it. But yeah, two players um, scored who we've been moaning about all season to be on the pitch, especially one of them, um, and he scored. But hey ho, what's your uh, your views on the game today? I was going to say you've completely ruined my opening because I was going to talk about a a four three result that we might actually want to talk about rather than a four three result that we didn't want to talk about. But um, no, the development squad obviously um, the the future Lions obviously looking quite the future's looking bright. There's some some good young players. I think we had uh, three of the goal scorers, uh, Nana Boateng. Um, and Maku and obviously Romain Essay have all been involved in the first team within the last 18 months. <clears throat> obviously, Nana Boateng hasn't been around so much this year. I think he had an injury last year, but played against Crystal Palace in the Cup. And Maku brought in in January, well, signed in December, but officially joined the club in January. Someone that we've been looking to hopefully blood for next year. <clears throat> and obviously the big one, the um, I think Romain Essay got the equaliser about 94th, 95th minute to to take the tyre through to extra time. Extra and obviously time. the Lions, they, they managed to get over the line. But I think it's really important that I was having this conversation um, in the week where we've seen under Harris to a certain extent and Rowett that there's not many, but there's a few more players. So you had Aidan O'Brien and Ben Thompson initially come from the from the academy and make it to the first team, admittedly in League One, and then you've had Billy Mitchell, Danny McNamara make their way into the Championship side. So the, the academy is obviously getting better. Um, when the, the new the new training ground comes along, I, I think that will improve their facilities and everything for them as well. But it's a fantastic achievement. They they obviously won the Southern League. They're now through to the playoff final, which I'm led to believe is this weekend. I don't think it's been confirmed what day or where just yet but we face Sheffield United and some of the players in that team are, are, are bound to be first team footballers next year and I, I think it's only good for the club moving forward No I totally agree with you I totally agree with you um, I've got a question with what you said there as well so uh, we'll come back to that in a, about players coming through and stuff but we'll come through on that on the on the, uh, on the transfer bit in a, in a bit so I think without further ado we'll start and I'm going to throw the topics around a bit. I'm not going to stick to them as in the order we are as such. I'm going to start with rate our transfers, um, what we obviously secured in January. And I am going to go with you, Ben. Okay, mate. Um, so... Let's let's go with Vloggy. Okay, Vloggy. Or as Joe calls him, Vogine a vagina. The bad slammer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I I had five written down for Vogi, and I thought, you know what, that's probably a little bit harsh. He did end the season with our top assist man. So four then. So I went to six. Um, okay. I think we all know that we could probably get a lot more out of Vogi. Having sat next to him at the end of season awards and I chat to him, he said his natural position is down the middle. So he's technically been playing out 
a position all season. So I gave him a six. Okay. Okay, Stephen, what do you give Voggy? Uh, just for the benefit of the listeners, Ben chewed Voggy's ear off all night at the end of season awards. It wasn't just a chat. Um, but no, no, nice fella, as he said, he, as Ben said, he, he did say his natural position was through the middle. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I think, I think of, I can't go higher than a five. I think defensively and, and what he does in terms of his, his work ethic is, is really, really good for the team. I think you can tell that he's, he's passionate in the sense of he wants to, he wants the team to do well, but if his natural positions through the middle, you'd expect him to perhaps have a little bit more quality in front of goal. And I don't think we've seen enough of it. I know he's been out wide, but still he's had opportunities in games to perhaps have a shot on goal, perhaps, you know, you know, even hit the target and it's just not happened enough. He's there for another season. Will he improve on, on my five, Ben six? I'm not sure, but I guess as a squad player, you know, handy to maybe have um, for, for some fresh legs or in cup games and things next year. So, you score him five. For the benefit of the listeners, Mickey has. Dan, what do you score? Sorry, my laptop just switched <laughs> off. Um, so, I'm actually yeah. I'm going to give him a four just because I felt there was so much hype around him, um, and if you kind of looked at you know I mean. I don't think any of us has really watched him play. If you kind of looked at his underlying numbers, like in terms of starts and minutes to like goals and assist ratio, it, it was really good. Um, so I think there was a lot of promise around him. And he might probably, he's probably been a bit unlucky, as he said, his natural position's down the middle and he hasn't played there, but he's played most of the season out wide. And I, I think <clears> I can only recall him having really two or three good games. So for me, just because of the nature of the signing and how underwhelming he's been, I'm going to give him a four. Okay. Let's go on to Fleming then, and I'll start with you then, Dan. I've given him a 10. I think it's, he's, te- I think he's technically the best player in the squad. And yeah, I think he's just so important to what how we attack and what we do. So I've, I have to give him a 10 personally. Okay, welcome, welcome to the last show, Dan's on. <laughs> go on, uh, go on, uh, Ben. Give us some realistic. So, I've got seven point five, and do you know what? I, I just had a look at his stats a little bit more, and if he hadn't started the season so well, I know if Marty had bollocks and all that, but. Since January, he's got three assists and five goals in 21 games. And I keep barking on about it in all of our live shows and all of our space that we're doing. For me, he just didn't do enough in those final 10 games to drag us through and get us into that playoff spot. So I've given him a 7.5. Look, he's had a great first season in the Championship. It's such a hard league. We know that. To adapt to English football, he's done really well. I want more from him next year. And I think we all maybe got very carried away early on in the season about how good he was. But yeah, 7.5. Okay, Stephen? Um, I'm going to edge more towards um, Ben rather than rather than Dan. I think, had you have asked this question in, in February, I think we, we easily 10. There's no question about it. But when it when push comes to shove, I think, I don't, I'm not going to say he's let us down because following off of back Ben's stat there, if you look at the goals and assists that he's got, he won us a game at Stoke. He got the winner at Blackpool. I think he was involved in both goals against Norwich. So uh, involved in both goals against Preston. So 
his goals and his contributions have earned us points. So I, I think it's harsh perhaps to say sometimes the second half of the season he's not done enough because in the games we've won, he has stepped up. But I do agree that perhaps we, we did need to see a little bit more of him second half of the season. I'm going to go with an eight because if you look at the stats, if you base it purely on stats, his numbers are phenomenal for a first season in English football. There is more to come, but I, I think um, I think an eight is probably a fair evaluation, um, in my opinion, for him. OK, cool. Creswell, go you, Stephen. Uh, again, this this one, uh, I was thinking about this before we come on, and I might surprise a couple of people with this, but I'm going to rank him around the same as Fleming. I'm going to go with an eight, um, because I think if you look at when he first came into the team, it was all right. Obviously, he scored a couple of goals against Stoke and looked okay. Then he went through an absolutely shambolic period. He just didn't look... He looked like a player that was low on confidence. He was obviously dropped. Um, the game against Sheffield United in the FA Cup, obviously um, the, all the ground wasn't open, so everyone was sat um, in what I call the main stand. So, And he tried to make a tackle on one of the Sheffield United players and he had two attempts at it and it was like Sunday league football. It was awful. And all the fans around us were sort of going, nah, he's got to go back to Leeds. We, we, you know, he's got to go back. Hutchinson got injured, and in the second half of the season, when he played, he was phenomenal. But overall, um, I'd like to keep him, and I think there's more to come, but an overall season, I think it's been about an eight. Okay, Ben? Yeah, I've tried to rank everyone individually and not kind of against the other transfers, if that makes sense. I've given Creswell an eight. I actually just think, pretty much what Stephen said, he had a great start and then went through a really bad run. And I actually said on one of the shows that I thought he was done. And that was kind of around October time. Gary Rout, I think, done a great job of taking him out the firing line. And do you know what? I'm going to stick my neck out here and say, if he'd have stayed in the squad, I not only think we would have made the, the playoffs, I actually think he might have finished in the top three of player of the season. For a young lad to show the character that he did to come back into the side, let's be honest, in a really tough environment at Millwall and being a Leeds boy, I think he'd done really well and I really wish the best for him moving forward, whether that be with us, doubt it, but wherever he ends up, I think he'll be a top centre-half. No, I totally agree with you there, totally agree. Um, Dan? I'm also going to give him an eight. I think, you know, he, he was really poor at the start, but it was his first season of playing men's football. Um, if you compare him, let's say, to Ballard last season, Ballard came in and kind of hit the floor running straight away because he'd already had a bit of experience in men's football. Um, so, you know, I think the boys have touched on it. There wasn't a great start at all, but the way he picked it up second half of the season, you know, you can see him going a long way. He looks really the the full, almost not quite the full package, but you can see there's definitely potential for him to be the full package there with the way he has the ball, his passing range and his physicality as well. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I don't know if it's really fair to rate him because he was injured for a, a while, but Callum Style. Uh Dan. I've given him a seven. Um, and I can't go higher than a seven because of the injuries. Um, but when he's played, I've really enjoyed watching him. I think he's been a brilliant player. And, you know, I mean it was addressed in a space we did not that long ago about, you know, it's good to have players play in their first position. Um, and Stiles actually played in about five or six and he's never really had a bad game for us. Um, and he's brilliant technically. Um, yeah. I'd love to keep him permanently if there's the chance to. I think we should jump at it. 
um, to get him through the door permanently. Um, but because of the injuries, I can't put him any higher than a seven. No, I'll get that. I'll get that. Go on in, Ben. Yeah, I went 6.5, exactly the same reasons as Dan, mate. Um, just haven't seen enough of him because of his injury. I think he'd have been a really, really useful player for us over the full course of the season. Um, and I know we've already come on it about where we need to strengthen. But yeah, if we do have the option to buy, the fee's not ridiculous. So I would like to get him back next year. So 6.5. Excellent. Uh, Stephen? Yeah, pretty much banging with the guys. I'd, I'd probably say no higher than a seven. Um, again, based on the fact that he hasn't played. But what's really interesting is all of us, and I'm pretty sure if you ask most of the fan base, that even though we haven't seen enough of him and people, we're giving him a rating of a 6.5, 7 out of 10, everybody or most people want to sign him permanently. And I think that shows you just what we've seen in the games that he has played, that he can be a really good addition to the team. So whilst it's it might, you might think, oh, well, why would you want to sign just a 6.5 or 7 out of 10? Because I think the potential is there for him to be better in the championship long term. If And I think he, he touched on it as well. He's never really had any injury. So it's the first one, which, you know, just sort of law that he's come with us. So if you can keep him fit, it could be one hell of a buy if we can get it over the line. But I, I, I'd go a 7. Okay, okay. Duncan, what more? Stephen? This was an interesting one because I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go over six and I think I don't think Duncan Watmore's potentially had the, the, the best of deals coming to Millwall. He, he you know, he started in a couple of games when he first joined us. I think at QPR he obviously scored the first goal. And come with a lot of promise, but for some reason he's just not been the player that we expected that to get. He he didn't. He was in and out of the side. We wondered if there was an injury or if it was a problem behind the scenes. We've we've spoke about it quite a lot, but I think in the last two games, the last two games, and again I know it's only two two games out of forty six across the season, but he showed real promise. I think the pass for. Bradshaw's goal was outstanding at Blackpool. His his work rate and his effort against um, Blackburn in the first half was outstanding, involved in all three goals. Um, and I think there's a player in there. For, for some reason, during the February-March period, something happened and he just wasn't quite on it. But again, I'm pleased we've got him. Maybe not going to be a, a starter next year, maybe an impact player, but <clears throat> certainly one I'm, I'm quite pleased that we're going to have in our squad. That I sort of agree with you on that one. Uh, ben? Yeah, I went with a six as well, to be fair, Mickey. And I, I, I tried to not be influenced by the last two games. Like You have to look at his his whole period at the club. And again, pretty much what Stephen said, he obviously started really well against QPR. And I thought, yeah, we've got a bit of a coup getting what more in. Um, and then he just seemed to go missing for two or three months, didn't he, until we come back into the squad later on in the year. So, yeah, I've given him a six. I'm, again, agreeing with Stephen. I, I think he'll be a useful player for us next year. I, I don't know. Will he be a starter? Will he be a squad player? But, yeah, I, I'm giving him a six and I would obviously keep him around for, for next year. I think he's a good championship player. Dan? With the boys, a six. Um, you know, Middlesbrough fans were quite disappointed to lose him. Um, and when you look at their attacking options on paper, certainly says something. They were quite disappointed to lose a player of his calibre. Um, it hasn't been the easiest ride. You know, if you'd have probably asked me this question a month ago, I may probably would have been maybe around the four kind of region. But, you know, he showed real promise in the last few games. 
Um, you know, it's kind of nailing down what kind of role he's going to have in in the squad next season. I, I certainly see him as kind of more of a, a player that could definitely come off the bench um, and make an impact. But, you know, he's he's not going to, He's not going to want it to come here to kind of play that impact role because that's what he was doing at Borough. He's going to want to come here and play games and prove himself. <clears throat> no, I'll get that. I'll get that. We'll start with you then, Dan Shackleton. I've also gone with a six. Um, we just haven't seen him. It's really, it's a really weird one, and I can't quite. There must the only thing I can think of is something has happened behind the scenes. So I can't quite put my finger on why we haven't seen Jamie Shackleton play more than he has either in the center midfield role just as a little bit more rotation for the options we have in there or at right back where danny in particular the last few months hasn't quite reached the standards that he has done before um so you know and i think his agents came out and said it's very unlikely he's going to move to us on a permanent deal um, which is a shame because there's clearly a player in there he's quite featured quite prominently for leeds when they got promoted a few years ago um so i agree with that just haven't seen him enough to give him any more than a six. And when he has played, I think he's played generally on the whole quite well. No, yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, ben? Yeah, five, five and a half, mate. Um, exactly what Dan just said, really. We, we just haven't seen enough of him. There's clearly something going on behind the scenes because, again, as Dan just mentioned, with the Danny Mac piece, he hasn't been in the best of form and he still hasn't been, been able to force his way in. It's a really weird one with Shackleton because he had a couple of good games against Burnley and Sheffield United when he came in. Um, yeah. And I thought, oh, this, this is it now. He's going to get in the side a bit. And again, just seemed to, to have vanished. So um, five and a half. And yeah, as Dan said, I, I don't think we'll be seeing him again next year. Mm. Uh, Stephen? Yeah, much, much the same. Uh, five five for me we just you can't you can't really rate a player who you haven't seen uh, the one thing that the guys haven't touched on there though is that i think when shackleton signed for us there was the inclusion of the option to buy or, or first refusal on the option to buy and that's why it took longer because i remember lots of people it was mentioned that he was coming and you had lots of you know how long is it going to be when's he signing and it was because they were including that in the deal so if you've got if you've got that in mind and you've got a player that clearly you you wanted to sign on a permanent basis but you wasn't able to do it in that transfer window you'd give him the opportunity to play so something's gone on behind the scenes his agent as as the, as the guy said have, have come out and basically crossed any chance of him coming back to the club it's a shame and i think he'll probably flourish somewhere else um at, at this level but there's not really much more you can say if you don't see someone play you can't really you, you can't really rate him can you no no um right Ollie Burke, Stephen. Ollie Burke, again, I was one that, as much as we all knew he was a panic signing, it was clearly obvious that it was. It was a, I think we've established before, they looked in the old black book and looked at old players that have played for us and gone, right, he might want to come back because he's not playing in Germany, so let's give him a call. Um and also, he had his missus who lives in this country, so um, probably wanted to spend some more time with her. But we just haven't seen the best out of him, have we? I mean, OK, maybe in the last month or so, he's been one of our more attacking threats. I think the whole game, he was very, very good. Um, the uh, I actually thought he was quite good in the first half against Blackburn and other performances where he's been OK. But he just doesn't come across that he's a footballer that's got anything up here 
Like he's got speed, but he just doesn't look like he really knows what he's doing with it. He, his touch is a bit off, and you know, I don't really know what it is. He's never settled at a football club, and I think that's really telling because he either doesn't really know, he doesn't really want it as as a footballer. He's happy to just sit back and take the money, or perhaps he's just never found anywhere to call home. And I really thought that with us, it might have been an opportunity to rebuild his career. But I don't think he's, I don't think he'd have found many suitors to want to sign him based on his performances. So again, I can't go any higher than a five. Ben? Yeah, I've gone six. And an interesting stat, I was quickly tallying it up there while Stephen was talking, over his two spells now for an attacker slash winger forward player. He's got four goals and three assists in two spells of us. So, how many games is that? Sums it all up, really, doesn't it? Do you know? I uh, don't know, mate. I was just quickly flicking through, but that's just not enough, right? From a an attacking player, he actually, for me, did really well in the, in. I mean, I dug Fleming out for not doing enough in the last ten games. Probably from the whole game to to the last game of the season, I actually thought he did really well, and he was probably one of our most dangerous attacking outlets. Um, but yeah, as I just said, four goals and three assists over two spells, just not not good enough for a player that's probably on, uh, well, probably the highest earner at the club, I'd imagine. Yeah, maybe. I don't know about that, but yeah, maybe. Um, Dan? Also gone with a six. Um, just kind of flattered to deceive, really. You know, I remember when we first signed him, um, on loan from Sheffield United last year. He dad spells at Sheffield United and West Brom. And both of their fans said he's he's a speedboat with no driver. He's so quick yeah. but he just he just doesn't know what to do with it. And after seeing him he's had two six month spells, you know, you, you can give or take probably the appearances he's made, call it a season, to have seven goal contributions near enough in a whole season for where we're aiming to get to just isn't quite good enough and there's a reason as well why he's accumulated like almost 20 25 million worth of transfer fees throughout his career i think and you know he's he's failed to settle in and find a home um yeah i i ironically i probably would have taken him last summer because i thought he would have given us something different but i if the option's there this summer i wouldn't he, he must have a really good agent yeah Mickey, you're on mute. He's got a very poor dress suit, dress sense. Um, so, yeah, um, saw him at the end of season dinner, mate, wearing his platform. So, uh, yeah. Uh, nice car, though. He's got incredibly yeah. good taste in cars. Uh, he's got a lovely defender, mate. <coughs> Suits up defender. So, well done for that one, mate. Um, but, yeah, remember anyway, if you are watching Ollie, uh, you're a lot bigger than all of us. And Stephen was the one who counted you there, not us. Okay. Um, have I missed anyone? Honeyman. George, George Honeyman, that's it, yeah. I couldn't think if he was January, if he was before, but yeah. George Honeyman. Um, we're we're throw it around a bit. We'll go with you first, Ben. And again, with my rating here, people are going to go, you absolutely mental, given the fact I'll give, a, give Fleming a 7.5. I've given Honey Honeyman a 7 because I think you just, you know what you're going to get with him week in, week out. Again, I think we actually really missed him in the run-in. I think when you just need a bit of energy, he's the man you always look to. He's played out of position, I'd probably argue again. He'd probably be playing in that 10 role that, that Fleming's obviously been playing in. I like Honeyman. I think we always go back to that statement of we need Millwall-type players. I think he's a definition of that. You're always going to get a 7 out of a 10 every week, and that's why I've given him, given him a 7. 
just based on him, not comparing what Fleming's done to what he's done, but I'm giving him a seven. Okay, no worries, <clears throat> Stephen. Um, I really like John Chunnyman, and I completely agree with Ben um, that we missed him in the running because I think there's certain there's certain times where you need you need, as you say, a little bit of energy, that that sort of little bit of movement to to open a defence, and I think Honeyman's capable capable of that. However, if we're talking about goal contributions, off the top of my head, I think he's got. I don't think he's got more than a couple of goals and a couple of assists in the season. I might be I might be really doing him an injustice, but I don't think he's got many. I can, the one assist was for Voggy in the game against Swansea, and I think he scored a goal, a rebound goal um, early on in the season, maybe against Coventry. But as much as I like him and as much as I think he brings a fair bit to the squad, he's an attacker that isn't producing numbers. So... I'm going to have to, as it might seem unfair because, of, as I said, I do quite like him. And I think and I think he was brought in under the pretense of playing in a different system. He was brought in in the summer when we were going to be playing with a fight, you know, the 3-5-2 and perhaps having a different role to play. But I'm going to go over six. OK, Dan. Sorry, sorry mate, just show me it's one goal, three assists. Just staying for your benefit, so it's just it's and so if we're if we're judging Ollie Burke on a season with seven goal contributions, Honeyman's been here for one season and he's got four. So I just don't I like him, but I, he needs to do a little bit more perhaps to get those numbers up. Dan, I'm gonna go slap bang in the middle of the lads. Uh, I'm gonna go for a six and a half. I really like him, and I think at the start of the season he was probably one of the very few victims from when we changed formation because he kind of lost his spot in the team. Um, Fleming had taken his spot as the as the ten at that point, so he was almost a bit lost. Uh, Mitchell and Savile kind of made the double pivot their own, um, you know. And I think one thing that I've noticed recently is that maybe you know Danny Mac he hasn't quite hit the heights he did this season. He did last season when he was better in the first half of this season. He either had Voggy or Honeyman in front of him, and them two were absolute grafters. They worked back, they helped the team. Um, yeah. Maybe not. You can't quite say the same thing for Ollie Burke, unfortunately. Um, so that might be, you know, I think we've discussed it before. That may be why Danny's second half of the season drop-offs came, possibly from having Burke in front of him. But I would have loved to have someone like Honeyman around for the running. I think he's a brilliant player. And, you know, if, if he can get more numbers to go of his game, you know, I think we've got a, a really, really good player there. Excellent. Right. That's the uh, the ratings done then. Uh, as I said, I'm going to play around with this list a bit. Let's go into the retain list or make guesses on the retain list. We know four players who are nailed on to be going. That's going to be um, Bennett, Malone, Leonard and Evans, possibly. Um, who else do you think will be on the thank you very much off you go list? Whoever wants to come in first, I, I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think we are going to say goodbye to all four of those. Um, I think two definitely are going. Malone's Evans, definitely going. Yeah, Evans and Malone. Evans and Malone are the two that are definitely going. I think they may. I I wouldn't put it past them to offer both Leonard and Bennett a deal. Would I do that? No. I think 
I would keep Ryan Leonard, but I think Mason Bennett, as much as Mason Bennett, I think when you keep him fit, is a very good championship footballer. The fact that you have to put when you keep him fit in front of everything we talk about him, it's just it's, you can't carry an attacker that you're gonna you're gonna play see him one week and you're gonna miss him for three. So <clears throat> I think Leonard might I think Leonard might stay. I think Rowett's a big fan of him, and I think he I think he'd, he would try and keep him at the club. Um, but Malone. Bennett and um, Malone Bennett and George Evans are definitely going. I don't think any of our other first teamers are out of contract, and I might spark a little bit of a controversial debate here. But Jake Cooper is coming into the last year of his contract, and I do not want us to lose Jake Cooper by any stretch of the imagination. He's played 300 games for us and I think he could go on to play a hell of a lot more. However, if we're faced with the same situation that we were with Jed Wallace last year where he wasn't going to sign a contract or he wasn't sure if he wanted to sign a contract to see what other options are out there, we cannot afford to let Jake Cooper go on a free. And if he's not going to sign a new deal, I think we should be looking to get some money in for him. So he's one I think that we may see leave the club. Uh, I don't know what you guys' thoughts on that are. Yeah, I mean, I think echo what you've just said there, mate. I, I would say, would I want to see him leave? No, but again, I, we've spoken about this a million times. Our transfer policy or policy of letting go good players without getting a fee in is pretty appalling, certainly in recent years. Um, so, yeah, if it was a case of he was even debating it, if we got a couple of million quid now, I would probably take it because we're probably going to need to reinvest that purely based on the numbers that we're going to need to get in. And just to go on the Bennett and Malone, uh, the Bennett and Leonard piece was just doing again some quick figures there. So between them, they played 1,500 minutes of football this year, which equates to 16 games of the season. That's just not enough. Um, I would almost. Leonard's a difficult one because I think, again, if he can stay fit, I think he's going to be a huge player for us. But recent years, he just hasn't played enough games. So, again, unless you're going to get him on a cut deal or a pay-as-you-play, then can we afford to be having players like that in the squad that are ultimately going to be missing two-thirds of the season? I'm, I'm not sure we can. Again, with the bodies that we're going to lose and what we're going to need to get in, I think it's going to be more important that we keep them. But are they going to improve us for next year? No. So, personally, I would let all four go and say thanks for your time and let's try and move on. Will that happen? I would say almost 100% no and we'll probably end up keeping two of them, like Stephen said. Uh, just before I come to you, Dan, um, obviously I posted that the show was going out that uh, we were recording the show tonight and... Um, Adam Blasket um, has replied, and he said, uh, out Evans, Malone, Bennett, Leonard. Uh, we can't be sentimental if we're serious about top six again. Also, uh, and then I think we're stuck with the rest of the Deadwood as realistically who would buy, i.e. George Long. Um, and an interesting one, but again, through Adam Blasket, he thinks Bart might rejoin Ipswich. Um, that was one. I was. I think we need to. We'll, we'll get fully onto like who we, what we think we need. I do think we need a new goalkeeper, which for me means we don't need Long and Bart. 
in an mm. ideal world, now there's two ways of looking at this. You can keep Jules Long as your number two because, as Adam just touched on there, it's unlikely we're likely we're going to get a fee. So you keep Jules Long as your number two. You know he's he's a bit younger and he signed a new deal in January. So there's mm. every chance you know that he, he might stay for a few years. You know play the cup games and you know he, he might be quite happy with that. Um, or you can try and get a fee for him and keep Bart, who is the better goalkeeper out of the two, but he's older. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, so I don't think... It's prime they... though, I suppose, isn't he? Who, Bart? Unless there's, yeah, unless there's an injury there that we don't know about. Well, it's interesting. That did, I, I thought I've heard a knee injury mentioned a couple of times and there was the summer he signed. He was due to sign for us right at the start of the summer. Um, and then he failed a medical something to do with his knee came up from memory and then eventually the deal went through later on in the summer um whether they like agreed to reduce the terms or or whatnot um but if Bart goes back to Ipswich he's only going to be their number two there as well their their goalkeeper is phenomenal Ipswich's goalkeeper so um it's you know unless they're going to offer him more money you know would that's the thing no, that's it. But I mean, do you agree with the four what have been mentioned that realistically get rid of them? I'd keep Leonard. I think he's a very, very good player. Um, but you can't rely on him to start week in, week out. I think he's a good squad player to have and you need depth in a long season. Um, I would release Evans and Malone without even thinking about it. Can't have that. You know, I think Leonard can bring something to this squad. I don't think Malone or Evans bring anything really to the squad that we don't have in other players. Bennett's an interesting one because he is very, very good. I would, the only way I would want to keep Bennett is if we kept him on a pay-as-you-play deal. And I can't see Bennett agreeing to sign on that because I think there will be another championship club, maybe a promoted team, maybe someone like Plymouth Argyle who might want to take a punt on him. So that's that's the only way I could justify keeping Mason Bennett. Right, I've got you. Yeah, I suppose uh, that makes sense, and I sort of agree with you there. It'll be interesting to see if any of the youth players end up being um, gone. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see with that one. So yeah, Ben, you've got a point. Oh, it was, it was just a quick one, and I don't know if I'm reading into this, but. Rich Cowley obviously tweeted earlier and said that Leonard, Malone, Mason, Bennett were obviously all due to be free agents at the end of June. Is he implying there that is he just saying they're out of contract or is he saying they're going to be free agents as in we're going to release them? Am I reading into that? No, you're reading into that their contracts end in June, I would suggest. I, I didn't know if he was implying that that meant the club 
would be let No, I would for. probably say that the fact that Richard Cowley's published that and the fact that there'll be free agents is either that there's contract negotiation potentially going on with one or all four of them, or there's no contract negotiations. The way you've got to understand is Richard Cowley saying something, there's a reason why he's saying it. Because out of all the journalists, he he is the one with the closest links to the club. And he is the one who, who if the club wants something out, he will be the one who potentially puts it out there, rather than any of the other journos. Um, so interesting, interesting that he's left Evans off that list, right? So if you're Evans going on your was point, on there, yeah. but it, sorry to come in, he was on there, but he was in a separate paragraph on each, further down on his own, Fine. which makes yeah, me think decisions already. It makes yeah, me think on Evans, I mean. the decisions already been made. Yeah, that, that's exactly my. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, mate. Maybe then the, the three, as you said, Mickey, that they are then entering in contract negotiations, and that's why he said it. But knowing that Evans is leaving. Interesting. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we do with those three. I think as well on the on the retain list. Uh, we were talking about this in the week. There will be some of the youth team that that are let go. It happens every year that that they get added on at the end of the. They do the first team and then the youngsters and then they they give a a separate list, don't they, on who's been given professional deals and who's going to be, you know, have contract extensions. So perhaps because the um, development squad won today and their season continues. Perhaps that's going to maybe delay the the potential announcement of who's going to be retained because they're not going to want to tell some youngsters who might have to be involved in a playoff final on Saturday that they won't be at the club. So that may it may delay it a little bit further because they're not going to keep every single one of them. That's just not going to happen. So um, they'll do it all together, I think. Mm. We'll see. There's loads on social media about Callum Styles as well at the moment, isn't there? Um, is it Callum Styles? Yeah, Callum Styles. Yeah. <coughs> Again, it's that time of the season, mate. Everything will be done. Um, I'm going to die in peace. But yeah, um, I think. Oh, sorry, well, on, on I'm Callum fucking Styles. glad you don't get paid per word, Stephen. <laughs> With Callum Styles, uh, so hold, hold on a minute. When when do we get paid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speak to your agents. With with Callum Styles, I I just think if we're going to sign him and we're going to spend that much money, we have to put him in one position and play him there. We can't have him as this utility that he was brought in under. You buy him for big money because it is going to be big money for us for 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 who he is. He's not a forward that's going to get you twenty goals a season. Pick a position, stick him there, and that's his position for the season. Here's one for you. Here's a question for you. And you probably won't be able to because you're all fairly youngish. And I don't think I can. Possibly I can think of a player fairly recent, maybe. But, no. Can you name me the last 10-plus goal striker who came up through the academy and played first team for Millwall and was successful? We've had plenty of right-wingers, right-backs, left-backs, defensive but who's the last? I think it'll probably go to comments and um, on YouTube or, or Twitter or whatever. But again, I'll put the question out on Twitter after the show. But can you name uh, a player who's come up through the academy, through the youth system, and done player? I'm thinking of potentially the 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 last one. Was it Aidan O'Brien? Maybe. And was yeah. he successful? 
was, you know, we could score goals, but other than that, Danny Hopton, I don't know. No, I, I, I can't think of a striker who come up through the ranks who was yeah. a prolific goal scorer. Yeah, Aidan was a, you know, he, he was a very, very good League One player for us. Mm. Um, always struggled to make the step up, you know. He's been at Gillingham this season due to injuries and stuff. So, you know, but he's and a very, very question. good League One player. No, totally. But the other question is, how does the likes of Bromley manage to attract the strikers or our guys or leavers go there and do well? But we don't seem to, we don't seem to, you know, play our strikers into the first team, do we? I mean, you've got Nana Botan, um, who's been scoring goals for fun all season, and the other lad in um, in the team, in the youth team, I can't think of his name either, but you've got Essay who's sort of coming, but he's not a, not a striker. But no, Nana hasn't got a... Abdomalik. Yeah, he hasn't got a place either, has he? No. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? What, what, why is it? Are we, are we light on striker trainers or striker influence? Because we've been moaning about this within the first team setup, but is it, is it something else that we're fairly weak on on the academy side as well, with people who can train strikers? Because we seem to be able to produce fairly good goalkeepers and defensive players, just not strikers. I yeah. think it's harsh to I think it's harsh to to say that that they go to Bromley and score goals because you've got to look at the level that Bromley are playing at. No disrespect to them and the job that Alan Dunn and that are doing there, great, but they're leaving a championship set up to go and play in the national league, so. It, I don't think it's a fair comparison. I mean, you look all, you, all you've got to do is look at John Marquis. John Marquis has made his name in, in League One football and scored a lot of goals in League One football, but, but no one's ever taken a punt on him in the Championship, have they? No one's ever gone, he scored 20 goals here, he's got 18 goals there. No one's ever taken a punt on him. So they're clearly not good enough for the level did, that we're he, at. Did he play a Championship for Wickham? Don't think so. Sure. I'll check now. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he did. So. He I thought really he was in the maybe were maybe it was League One, but yeah. He was really successful at Doncaster. I think he got a f he's I think he's now at Bristol Rovers and got a few goals, mm. but he's net no one's ever taken a punt on him and he scored goals in League One, so there's obviously a reason why. Um you know, Fred on your dimmer, another one who was, you know, supposed to be the next big thing. Yeah, he's his agent fucked him. Not his new one. His old agent fucked him. Yeah, but he's now playing as a wing back. I know he's playing for Luton, who are in the championship. But he's not. He's not. He's not forward anymore. He's he's their reserve wing back. So, I think it's a bit harsh to say perhaps that we don't have the the setup to to develop young forwards. It's just they're not good enough to play. I don't think it's harsh. Level. I think it's quite truthful to a degree. Who have we got in the academy? Who's training strikers? Because who have we got? In the first team set up to train strikers because we haven't we've moaned about it on the show plenty of times you know these pauses don't help when you're listening in a car okay. yeah I, I don't know enough about the coaching stuff obviously we've got kevin nuge you know, and, and robbo mate but I, I don't know who else would be involved so yeah not well, sure if you it's just if you a question at... a pal asked me earlier 
and we were, we were having a thing over it earlier and, I, and and we couldn't think and it was just one of those where you go who, who was it but i'll put it out to twitter you know so if you listen to this it will be on our twitter feed shortly um and obviously it will be on youtube so do make a comment if you know uh do make a comment or if you've got a view on why we can't seem to produce any quality strikers uh again let us let us know there um right then gents let's go into we've got about 15 minutes left um i'm going to leave analyze a players to another episode and i'm going to go into um positions we need to strengthen what 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 areas do we need to strengthen um again the fellow i mentioned a little while ago he um he had a he's come up with a couple of positions adam uh blasket uh need new goalkeeper new right back young young center back new left back um sign callum styles sign a new winger and sign a new striker don't need to be permanent or transfer let's look at the under 21s and what can we bring through there as well it can't just be essay who would like to go first dan yeah go on then i'll take i'll take this on um I've. I would like to see a sign, uh, a goalkeeper, uh, a right back, a centre back, um, a left back. I'd like two wingers and a and another striker as well. Um, yeah, two wingers could possibly be dependent on if they deem one of the youth players um, to be able to step up. Um, and you know, I, I'm kind of waiting to see. You know, other clubs kind of retains and release lists, um, and where the Premier League, which Premier League teams are going to come down as well before I can start to, you know, almost put down names I'd like to try and see us go for this summer. Um, so yeah, but I, I think there's a good six to seven players needed this summer. Okay, Stephen. Um, I think the fact that we're asking to to be signing about seven or eight players initially, and that's not taking into consideration how who we're going to lose is a, is a little bit of a concern and another reason why I'd jump on the back and I'd keep Leonard because I think Leonard's a good squad player. I don't want too many utility players, but I think Leonard is someone that is very very good that can fit in as and where you need. I think the the real areas of priority are we definitely need a left back. We really desperately need a left back. Um, I think we need a new goalkeeper. Whether or not we're going to get one, I think we might be disappointed there, and I think it might be Barton Long for the for the season. Which, again, that that might. Do you be a think any of our youth setup is ready yet or not? In the like sense Ryan of the Stanford, goal... or... well, Ryan Ryan Sanford's been at the club for, for what seems about eight or nine years. He was there when he was like 13, 14 years old. So I think he's like twenty three now. It, it, they must. There must be something there because he, he would leave. He would go and find first team football somewhere else. He, so he's had a couple of loan spells in non-league. I know he, he was playing for Maidstone United earlier this season. Um, they didn't mind him down there, and then he got injured, and and they never saw him again. But that was kind of around Christmas time. I, I don't think he'll be kept on by the club. I I didn't include him because we, I don't think I've ever seen him put a little shirt on for the first team. Um, you know, so that might be one them maybe Bromley end up with possibly or back to Maidstone stay stay kind of local but sadly drop down the pyramid um, and also didn't we we signed a goalkeeper from Birmingham 
Um, yeah. Truman. Yeah. Who again? If he's if he was brought in, then Samford clearly wasn't considered for first team football or, or to be on the bench or whatever. So, so I, I don't know about I don't know about the youth goalkeepers. I'm not sure. Um, and and the obvious, as we always say, we desperately need. I think we need two wingers, regardless of whether the youth are ready or not. We desperately need two out and out wingers in the squad and the ever elusive centre forward to help lighten the load on on Tom Bradshaw. Um, we say at every transfer window, striker, striker, striker. The, the, it used to be the joke, didn't it? Any news on a striker, John, or any news on a striker to Alex Aldridge? That used to be it just used to be the tweet every single day by hundreds of supporters. So it's going to be there's the a, same this there's year. There's a couple of good ones. I mean, I would I would definitely look at the Notts County keeper, and I'd probably also look at the Notts County striker as well. Um, whether or not they've got the 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 nous about them to step up um, is neither here nor there. There was another player I was talking about this afternoon. I can't fucking think for the life of me who he was now. Another striker, but over three seasons he scored. In, he's in lower league, but over three seasons he scored nearly eighty goals. That Macaulay Langstaff, yeah. he's the one who's that's he's the, been. That's the yeah, county striker. He's been linked with everyone for. Mm. I well, I thought we, I think we were linked with him in January. I think yeah, but I think there's a lot of clubs that have been looking at him for a while. The, I think the striker that I think we should be looking at, and it's dependent whether or not they go down from the Premier League, is um, Ellis Sims from Everton. I thought he was, I thought he was very, very good for Sunderland first half of the season. I thought he played very well against us. Um, just after the World Cup, and they obviously Everton called him back because they had problems. But he's not getting in their team. Well, I don't think he's getting in their team. And their fans, the Everton fans, started on him, didn't they? There was a video on social media that they lost the game and they chased him to his car and he quickly got in it and drove off. So that could be one. He he did it at Sunderland. There's no reason why. Again, perhaps on a loan if Everton stay up. But I, I really like the look of him, and I think he's one we should look at. Ben? So, I've got eight written down here that we need. And then I looked at who we're going to lose or possibly lose. And that also equates to eight. So, if we look at Creswell, Stoll, Shackleton and Burke, are all going back to their clubs. Bennett, Evans, Lenny and Malone also could go. I'm now looking at that those four players and almost certainly saying two of those are going to have to re-sign. So, it's probably going to be Bennett and Leonard. But I yeah I I had eight here. I put goalkeeper down purely based on what we've already spoken about and is Bart's knee dodgy? We don't think Long's the long term answer. But I think with Stephen, I don't I, don't, I think we're going to be disappointed there. I don't think we're going to get anyone in in between the sticks. I've got right back, centre back, left back, which is a bit of a concern looking at that. And I, I've got centre midfielder here, but I probably cross that off and we'll just keep Leonard. Two wingers I've got down. I'm assuming SA is going to step into one of those positions a bit more. And then, as we've said, I think centre-forward striker is an absolute must. We need someone to help Radders out. So, yeah, that, there's a lot a lot of players that we could potentially need and another high, turn, high turnover in the squad in the summer, potentially. Yeah, I think, I mean, last season we got rid of, I think, 13 players for nothing. You know, a phobie being one of them. Jed being another. So we're not talking, you know, young players, old players. We're, there was a good mix of players there 
who potentially we could have got something for him. But again, you know, when is again, you know, another question: When was the last time we sold a player for money? And I and I don't really include the two lads at Man City. Okay, we got money for them, and they paid for some of the transfers this season. But the last real player we had, what sold for money? Because I think Savile, Steve yes, Morrison, sold him. No, Savile. Savile, yeah, but we got all that money back. We didn't actually. That money was instalments, and I don't think we got that money back. Because when he come back, I think that just rubbed off a lot of the money that was owed. Yeah, there was probably. I mean, we'd probably end up paying about. They'd probably end up paying five to six million at that point out of the seven, mm. I reckon. So, yeah, mate, mate, maybe Morrison then, and that's a while back now, isn't it? I'm and telling you, if been, any that wouldn't have been much either. That probably would have been considering was it's it thirty-five. That would have been about hundred grand tops. No, I'm thinking no. pre that, mate. I'm thinking. Oh, pre that. Oh, well, yeah, when yeah, you were yeah. back in Norwich. Norwich. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Two, three mil tops. I mean, I was about to turn off. I saw something the other day that Teddy Sheringham, Teddy Sheringham left us for two million, and it, make, it makes you wonder. Then Teddy Sheringham left us for two million, and Kale left left us for what one point two, one point three. We don't seem to have ever been a team to sell players for for big money, unless we just ruin them. That's where where we've already spoke about so many times, and again, it's probably a, another show topic that. The behind the scenes, the recruitment strategy is awful at Millwall. They just don't. This is why I said earlier, and I, I don't want to lose Jake Cooper. But if he's not, if you can't let another, if you if you ask fans in the in the championship and managers if they could sign a centre half, I reckon Jake Cooper would be on the top of their, a lot of their lists. But he really he doesn't get injured very often. He's played three hundred games. He's a threat from set pieces. He's going to go. You just you can see it a mile he's, off. He's, he's got to be in, in today's weird and wonderful transfer fees and everything else. He's got to be three to five million all day long. Uh, but that's that's if he wasn't in the last year of his contract. That's where you've got a problem. So mm. they've. I've, I've, I look. You know, we, we as I say, we can do a show on on recruitment if you really if we really need to. But if 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 he's not going to sign, we'll get if someone offers a couple of million. I know Rangers keep being linked with him. You've got to you we might have to look at taking the money because you can't let him go for free next summer. No, totally just, just having a look here. Just on what you said, Mickey. And I'm just this is on transferleague.co.uk. I've no idea if this is a credible source, but they've gone up to 1920 season and. I had to scroll back to Steve Morrison in 2012 for 2.8 million as the last player we sold north of 250 grand, which was James Henry before that in 2013-14 season. So, Um, yeah, our recruitment out the door for money has been non-existent in recent years. I would say arguably, again, here since 2016, it's all been zero, zero, zero. So there's been no money coming in the club from anything any player sells. I think there's, I think there's probably a, sh- no, I think there's probably a show in that, and also a show in the commercial. You know, looking at brands. I mean, even Notts. Okay, it, it's it's slightly different, but even Notts County is sponsored by Cadbury's. And Puma. they give up the front of the shirt for for a local. I, I, you see. 
I'll come to that in a sec. They give up the shirt to a local business, so they, they don't actually take the benefit. They've got their name on the back of the shirt rather than thing. I think it's for a foundation or whatever what does it. But shirts are different, you see. Shirts are... I know when I was within the club as such, when I was found on the boardwalk, you know, not a lot of people know about, but um, I know that they looked at about six or seven companies. They they were talking to Puma, Nike, Adidas. Um, all, all the big names, so Umbro, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the big names and the usual suspects as well. But the trouble is with a lot of those, because of the shirt volumes, what we sell, we don't get much more than basic shelf items. So it'd be, you can have that shirt in a blue, a yellow or a red, and you can have a line on it, but that's pretty much it for the top boys. You know, they're very, very standard shirts. What you can't really uh, make your own compared to like era or Hummel or someone else where they'd let you actually, you know, design the shirt a bit more to, to what you want. Um, because obviously they are a smaller one with lower, um, lower needs. Cause I mean, you know, look at, I've, I've watched something the other day with Wrexham. I was listening to a fellow, the chairman from Wrexham or the, the CEO, and they've ordered 35,000 shirts for next season. And they sold 25,000 shirts this last season. I'd be interested to know, and it's probably information we would never find out, you know, if we could get to, you know, if we could ever get to interview one of the, you know, commercial or even Steve Kavanaugh or someone and just find out what we do. But I can't see us getting rid of anywhere near 20,000 shirts a season. I reckon, I reckon... <laughs> I reckon five, maybe five to 8,000 shirts at a push, absolute push throughout the whole season. They're talking about, they're talking about getting rid of those 25,000 shirts till Christmas. And then that's a reorder after Christmas. On that though, in the, in the league, in the national league playoffs, talking about the sponsors, Boreham Wood, I think mm. was were sponsored by Puma as well. Mm. You can't tell me that they're that they're shifting the same numbers as Notts County, and I, and you know Puma are more reputable. I, no, no disrespect. Yeah, no, the way shirt sponsors, but the shirt sponsors work two ways. You can either the way. So if I'm going on memory, it could have changed completely a lot. And basically, the way I was told with shirts is that they work in two ways. So. The smaller brands will give you a bigger upfront payment. So they give you a lump of cash and a higher and a lower margin. So you'll be buying the stock at a higher price. Or you can get no money up front and then low, a lot higher margin on shirts. So, for instance, I don't know, say you're buying a shirt for 10 quid and you're making all the money back from the shirt sales that selling them for, what, 55 or whatever – or you'll buy a shirt at like 25, 30 quid. I'm, I'm using, you know, estimate figures. I, I don't know what they are because I don't know. I haven't worked out what the margin is on that or anything else. But, you know, maybe 20 pound a shirt with a bit of cash up front. And then 
they're taking a gamble on you. But Puma and all that lot, we could get, we could go get Puma, we could go get Nike, Adidas, but I don't think the money's necessarily there for us to be able to make anything major and also not getting the shirt that you want to get with the designs what you want on it when you've got someone like Era or Hugh or Hummer, Hummel, well, it wasn't Hummel, it was another company, but, you know, you want a shirt. If I, if if you owned a football club, you want to go, right, I want a shirt with this on and that on and that on, and I want a button-down collar or I want, you know, a round collar, I don't want a thing, and they're offering, you know, Nike's offering you basically a box standard. You can have it with a V-collar or you can have it with a, you know, lines on the on the sleeve. It can be tailored sleeves or, or standard sleeve. That's the only option you've got. And that's that's pretty much what it is. I mean, you know, if there's anyone who's listening who works for a shirt manufacturer um, and you can come on shows and talk about it, then please come in and talk because it would be interesting to to have. Maybe we'll look at trying to reach out to some of these shirts just to find out. They, they must tell you. But that's as far that's that's what I was led to believe before. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean... Would we increase shirt sales if we suddenly, you see, would we increase shirt sales if we suddenly went Nike? Maybe more people more with Roadside would buy more shirts because it's Nike. And if we went Adidas, would we sell more in Bermondsey? You know, because obviously there's always been a tradition of one side of the old Kent Roads, Reeboks and Adidas, and one side of the old Kent Roads, Nike. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, hey-ho. Anyway, um, just before we end... In this show description, when this goes up on YouTube, you can click in there. I was asked to collaborate on a um, a video with a American uh, YouTuber who made a uh, a short video, about eight minutes, on a rivalry between Millwall and West Ham. Uh, it's nothing major. It, it's quite interesting. Um, it just goes back on the history why we hate it, why why they hate us, or why we hate them. Um, it's quite interesting. I mean, I knew a lot of it, but yeah, looking at it and actually seeing that, you know, most people's thoughts are that it was over the Docker strike. Yeah, that that myth is it's not the same as the myth where people go, we were started by a jam factory. Uh, I suggest you read some books because they weren't jam, it weren't a jam factory. It was a tinsmith. So um, yeah, but again, it's. You know, it's slightly wrong. Even the plaque at the Isle of Dogs says it was a jam factory when JT Morgan was in the jam factory. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for that, Ben. You just put me right off. Because um, <clears throat> I've got you on full screen and your comments are coming straight up. So every time you type, <laughs> it comes straight up in a box. Um, Sorry, next, to whoever, next to whoever writes it, it comes straight up in a box. So, yeah, if you want to watch that... Um, Click on the YouTube channel. I will pin the link um, to the video. Uh, it's called Football Culture uh, is the channel and it's the um, century of hate, the rivalry between um, West Ham and Millwall. And, uh, yeah, believe it or not, during 1899 and 1912, we played West Ham over 60 times or 60 times in that short amount of time. And then from 1912 to 2023, we've only played them 39 times. So in all, we've only played West Ham 99 times and we've beaten them, I think, 20, I think we've beaten them 39 times. 
and they beat us 36 or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, we've drawn the rest. So, uh, yeah, we, we are the best. And uh, and that rivalry, we pulled off the, the biggest bit of banter, I think, to do with me, down to the bods from uh, Hoff and uh, and Millwall uh, Air Force, who were uh, Avram Grant, Millwall legend over Wigan that time. So, uh, yeah, quite funny. Yes, there's a few little bits, mistakes in there, I think. Um, and if you're West Ham who listens to this, because some of you do on YouTube, um, yes, you can call it bias, but I was invited, West Ham was invited, and they didn't want to get involved. So, uh, fuck them. It, was, uh, it is what it is. Um, what else is there to say? I don't think there is. Uh, we will get some more shows out. We are going to be doing shows through this off-season. Um, obviously, we won't be doing match reviews, but we will be doing shows. We've got some other ideas of shows to get done, so we will be doing shows for you. Uh, Stephen, have you got anything you want to say? Uh, not really. Let just me, if, let me if guess. Anyone, no, no, no. If anyone wants to come and make me uh, watch me make an idiot of myself in the charity game at the Den um, next Tuesday, twenty third, by all means, uh, come along. Ben is gracing the pitch, I think, later on this week, so um, I'm sure we'll all hear how he gets on there. But no, um, obviously this is my first season joining the podcast, so it's been cool doing it. And hopefully over the summer we can keep you all entertained with whatever news we can we can bring you. Yeah, we should do our own retain list, shouldn't we? Do they go or do they stay? That could be quite funny and quite off-putting, but yeah. Um, ben, have you got anything to say, fella? No, mate. Um, yeah, well, pretty much what Stephen said. Thanks for getting us on this year, mate. It's been, a, I would say, a good season, but maybe one that's left a little bit of a disappointing taste in all our mouths in terms of the, the team. But yeah, thanks for getting us on, mate. It'd be interesting to see what we do over the summer in terms of transfers. Um, yeah, hopefully we can get a few bodies in because we definitely need it for a playoff push again next year. Absolutely, oh, fucking hell! You had to put the words in now, didn't you? Sorry, but yeah. Uh, Dan, you got anything you want to say, fella? Uh, just nervously excited now for the future. Uh, big summer, um, but I'm looking forward to hopefully helping the pod produce uh, more top top quality content. Uh, and thank you for adding me into your group, lads. So uh, roll on the summer. No, that's it, mate. That's it. That's it. Um, Interesting times ahead for us. Uh, all our channels are growing and growing massively. So a massive shout out to all of you what have uh, found us. Maybe this is the first video you've watched. Uh, we have plenty more. Just check out uh, if you listen to it on podcast. Just have a look through there. There's it's over 300 shows we've done. Uh, we've been around a little while, but this last season we've uh, really started pushing forward with numbers. YouTube is is growing massively. Uh, nearly half a million of you have seen us this year on YouTube. Uh, loads of you, millions of you have seen us across Twitter and interacted with us over the last year. And uh, and our numbers on the podcast are hugely growing. So from the bottom of my heart, from me and Omar, thank you very much. We started this because we were missing not being in a pub, not going to games. So, you know, we started this on that. We've now moved it forward. We've got, obviously, the lads. Uh, we went from me and Omar uh, and obviously we had Neil who defected to act on Millwall uh, at the start with the Friday Night Live. And then it was me and Omar. And then we got Chris, we got Joe, uh, we've got Ben, we've got Stephen. Uh, and now we've got Dan, we've got Alex. Um, and yeah, we've got the website. Instagram's nearly at a thousand. So if you're not already following us, please do. And also, if you are watching us on YouTube, please subscribe. 
um, to the button just below Dan, which says subscribe. Subscribe there. It means nothing to you, but it means the world to us and helps us get in front of more and more people. Well, that's it. Uh, this is that real podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us. And please, if you know or you can think you can name the last striker who we brought through the academy and turned into being a prolific scorer of 10 plus goals, not including Aidan O'Brien, then please drop his name in the comments or drop it uh, on any of our socials or wherever. That's it. Thank you very much for joining us and we will see you again really, really soon. Au revoir. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.